This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. John chapter 2 tells a story that many are familiar with, one that fully displays the divine nature of Jesus Christ. It is the first of miracles that are described in the Gospels, the turning of water into wine. While marveling at the water being turned to wine, many details of this account given in the Gospel according to John are overlooked. William Branham repeated this story many times throughout his ministry, offering praise for the signs and wonders displayed. But do the other details in the story match Branham's version of the gospel? When Jesus' mother came to Jesus, she came pleading for the Messiah to intercede. In Jewish custom, wedding feasts included many guests, requiring large containers with several gallons of wine. Asking a mortal to quickly go and get wine would have been useless, but she knew the true nature of her son. She was not seeking help from the part of Christ that was fully man, but instead she was asking for God's help. And Jesus rejected her request. But if you've been trained under the teaching of William Branham, this rejection is quite different than you'll expect. In his response, he used the title of respect for his mother. The word G-Y-N-A-A-I in Greek, which is a word used for adoration and for respect. Strong's 1135. Jesus said that his hour had not yet come, telling his mother that it was not yet time to show the world that God had sent his son. But his mother was persistent. Like our mothers in times of desperation, Mary would not take no for an answer. She told the servants to do as Jesus commanding them, commanded them, placing Christ in this position of choosing between the words of his response and the words of his mother. And all of you are familiar with the outcome of this story. The finest wine made purely from water. But while most Christians marvel at this testimony that's recorded in the Gospels, the followers of William Branham believed that Mary's son was a mere prophet 
who had to see a vision from God predicting the waters turning into wine. Branham promoted the idea that during this stage of Christ's life, which is best described as Prophet Jesus, the Messiah did not have the power to turn water into wine. 1954, he says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the Father doing. Well, whatever the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. Is that right? Branham asks. The Father worketh, and I worketh hitherto. In other words, I can do nothing as the Son of God. And the men claiming to be divine healers, when even the Son of God did not claim to be a divine healer, he said, I can do nothing. He said, I didn't claim to be a healer. said, isn't me that does the work, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Now, if we're sons of God's today, with the Father's Spirit in us, what about it? The same Spirit, the same mind, the same works, the same power. Now, he said, I can do nothing except my Father shows me. And when, in other words, listen close now, this may shock you a little, Branham says, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, never performed one miracle without first seeing a vision of it. Or he told something wrong there. He said the Son can do nothing in himself but what I see the Father doing. That's William Branham, Tape Index 54, 1205. The supporting scripture for that teaching comes from John chapter 5, verse 19. So Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord but what he sees the Father doing. But why did William Branham use this verse to support prophet Jesus, omitting the latter part of verse 19 and the next few verses? While Christians read verse 19 to be describing how Jesus, fully God and fully man, one with the Father, did exactly the same things the Father does. William Branham's version promotes separation. A prophet Jesus who must see a vision and then predict the future. The rest of verse 19 and the few verses afterwards of chapter 5 read, For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The question could be asked, does this version of Christ that Branham promotes dishonor the Son? Does it dishonor the Father? If we continue reading in chapter 2 of the Gospel according to John, we find more confirmation that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. Jesus, in his response in his supreme deity, Jesus knew the hearts of man. No vision was necessary. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. It reads, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. 
But Jesus, on his part, did not trust himself to them, because he knew all people, and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Compare these words of Christ with Branham's version of Jesus, and, dis and ask yourselves this question, which God would you rather serve? Branham's version, limited in power, or the God of the Bible, who knew the hearts and minds of the people before even performing one single miracle? William Branham says this in 1951, walked right by the pool of Bethesda, were great multitudes laying there, lame, halt, blind, and healed one man that had an infirmary for 38 years and passed the group right on by. Is that right? St. John 5, and they questioned him, said, Why the Son can do nothing but what he sees the Father doing, and whatsoever the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. The Son can do what his Father has already done. Now what happens? The person believed. And then he repeats it. They believed, they accept it, and then God shows the vision to his son. And his son reveals it and says, Now these things that I do show you also and greater, for I go unto my father. Is that right? The same signs and wonders are here. William Branham's ministry. We've just got to close because it's getting late. I'm sorry that I've been this long. That's William Branham, 1951. 0415E. But listen to the Apostle Paul's version of Christ, which was presented with a warning against men who would try to deceive you. The Apostle Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Let me repeat this. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you've been filled with him who is the head of all rule and authority. Colossians 2, 8 through 10.